seems a pity to miss such a good pudding. And welcome to Euro Pudding. Euro Pudding is the European screenwriters podcast about writing and producing better TV in Europe with weird accents. My name is Pierre Puget. I'm a French writer based in Berlin. And hi, I'm Philipp Schatzer. I'm a German writer and I'm also based in Berlin. Yeah, this is the podcast is made by uh, Sean, the Serialized Alumni Network. We represent screenwriters and producers from all over Europe who went through the Serialized Writing Program in Berlin. And to know more about us and our association and every writers and producers we represent, uh, go on our brand new website, shontv.net. You can look for uh, different writers and you can find uh, people to work with. Um, and yeah, if you like this podcast, if you find it useful, if you want other people to find it, please uh, like, subscribe, put some stars and comments on, on Apple um, podcast or the apps you're using. That will help us a lot. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. There's like slowly but surely more and more listener. Uh, uh, this week we had a listener uh, uh, based in Noumea. You know Noumea? Uh, no, where is that? It's like a paradisiac <laughs> island, like somewhere near Tahiti, like in the Pacific Ocean, like you know, like uh, above, like a uh, New Zealand. It, it's uh, it, it sounds dreamy. Please take us there, please. <laughs> we are now yeah. uh, uh, under snow. It's it's gonna be minus fourteen uh, next night. Um, actually, talking about fourteen, it's kind of coincidence. This is our episode fourteen. Of Euro Pudding. Yes. We are the 14th of February. Also, yes. <laughs> and do you know what that means? No. What does it mean? <laughs> it means this is a special Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. Yes. So we are going to talk about uh, uh, a bit about love uh, and a bit uh, about uh, sex. <laughs> I don't know why I put that. Oh, okay. Um, uh, uh, so, no. Uh, so, seriously, we, we're going to talk about like how to deal with sex scenes uh, in TV series and how to write this uh, and direct these things. This is definitely going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, what about your uh, relationship to Valentine's Day? To be honest, um, um, before you came uh, to me and, and asked me if we want to do a special Valentine's Day episode, I, t Valentine's Day is totally not on my... On my on my calendar on my screen at all. I, with my past girlfriends, I didn't really celebrate it, and uh, yeah. But it seems, but it's kind of getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? Does it? I don't know. I feel like it was always always quite big. I think, but but uh, I mean, always in the twentieth century, modern day, with advertising controlling our lives and all that, you know. But but um, no, I I mean, it's true that the last few years it's it's been very quiet uh around <laughs> around that holidays but but no i used to i used to like you know like doing a little something special a nice restaurant or cooking at home or a little you know like like dressing nice and you know like i mean why you, not? you should do that every day come on <laughs> <laughs> but you know it doesn't happen every day so why not have a, a little uh, name of a calendar to remind us uh of of you know to take care of uh, ourselves and the people we love so we hope you're having a beautiful valentine's day uh, dear listener of your opening and let's uh dive in and meet our guest And today for our discussion about directing for TV series, especially directing sex in TV series, we welcome our guest, Raquel Stern. Hello, Raquel. Hello. Hi. Welcome Hi. in the pudding. It's, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, so you are also in Berlin, uh, as we are, uh, but you yes. are in, in your room. Uh, 
actually for the first time in in a few episodes actually phil and i are in the same uh, room because it's was so sunny outside phil could not uh, resist going for a, a, a bike tour and come visit yeah it me. was kind of i was in my in my apartment and i had to ride on something for like i don't know three weeks now and uh, yeah i just had to get outside and meet some meet one real person at least one I'm, I'm glad to see that you guys are sticking to the two meter rule <laughs> Yes, there is a distance. I am at my desk, and 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 Phil is behind uh, uh, in the couch. Um, so let's let's dive in into uh, uh, who you are. Uh, um, so you are American. Yes. Actually, we didn't record it, but uh, as a mic check, you uh, were uh, pledging allegiance to the United States. So uh, uh, just for fun, folks. Yeah. Just for fun. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Connecticut, which is outside New York, because usually New York I use as a mashtab, you know, as a standard. People know where New York City is mostly. And so, yes, I grew up um, not too far away from New York City. Um, and then when I was 18, I uh, studied in New York. So I, I went there as fast as I could. Yeah, so that that's my next yeah. line on on yes. my on my sheet. You owe the BFA in film and TV production, and now I know since last episode that uh, uh, FA means fine arts uh, um, uh, from New York University, and then an MFA in screenwriting and dramaturgy with a concentration in serial writing from the Film Universität Babelsberg Konrad Wolf. Correct. So, so here, uh, uh, also next to Berlin, yes. um, why the why the switch to to Germany? That's a good question. Um, I was 25 and uh, I I needed a change. Let's put it that way. I needed a change. I was in New York City for a few years and uh, it was stressful. I had a, a dramatic breakup um, and I just needed to get out, see the world a bit. And yeah, I always wanted to um, learn another language um, and Berlin was a a fantastic city i mean it still is but back then it was a bit easier to to um find your way i feel like there if you were a um as a, a young person uh without much money it was uh yeah it was a great place to be and um yeah and i thought i would stay one or two years learn german for fun uh and then go back to new york city and start a career in commercial editing um because that's what I was doing before I left. Um, but I ended up staying and uh, yada, yada, yada. The I'm story as old as time. <laughs> um, great. So, so uh, actually, so at the university here in, in uh, uh, Babelsberg, uh, you, I think uh, your web series was your um, tedious work, right? Or, or am I getting that right? Uh, well, I've done, I've done a couple things in between, but um, I graduated with, yes, I graduated my master's um, with my web series. That was my um, production credit. Um, and it was actually produced partially or mostly by the Film Academy Baden-Württemberg in Ludwigsburg, um, which is fantastic. Um, and um, I was able to direct it myself because I studied, as you mentioned, I studied screenwriting and dramaturgy. But um, the producer of my web series um, asked me if I wanted to direct it myself. I said, yeah, awesome, perfect. Um, yeah, so I uh, came out of Film Universität with my web series. Um, so your web series is called Pity Fuck, and uh, it's really funny and, and, and charming. Thanks. And it was nominated for the Achtung Berlin uh, New Berlin Film Award, which yes. is a very uh, fun sounding award. 
Yes. Yes. For non-Germans, especially probably. Um, yes. I wasn't sure if, if I can be explicit on the, on the show. So I didn't mention the name of those. Okay. It, it's a, it's a podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. You have the little explicit, uh, icon. Yeah. I think uh, for this on one, I mean, uh, uh, because of what we are going to talk after, I think oh, we can, yeah. let's, let's be free about language. And yes, I will put a little advisory <laughs> uh, for this episode. Yes. Good. Yes. 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 This, the web series is called pity fuck. Um, and it was an adaptation of a TV series idea I had. Um, and I thought it would be fun to make it as a web series also to show the seriality of it. Um, because that's what you want to do when you come out of film school. You want to show everyone that, hey, I can do this. I can do that. And I wanted to show I can write a series. Um, and yeah, it's uh, I had a lot of fun making it. It's uh, available on Vimeo somewhere. And um Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we'll we'll put the link uh, in the show notes to to the first episode so so people can Aww. can find it and enjoy. Yes. And um and actually actually quite naturally it brings us to why uh, you you are here today that you just finished directing the first season of a show Or called Even Clother, or in German Hautner, um, and this is actually a the title is completely. It's the title is Even Closer Hautner. Ah, okay. This is the full. So it's title. also English. Yeah, it also has an English title. But yes, that's what um, having a web series with the title Pity Fuck put me on a trajectory that I. I just can't get out of now. It's <laughs> it's just going forward towards sex and tell us um, how did that happen? <laughs> so so but this is this is uh, uh, so that it's clear. So even closer out now, uh, we talk about it today with you because it actually premieres tonight for Valentine's Day on yes. uh, 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 TV Now, TV Now, which is a news. I mean, quite new TV service, uh, online streaming from RTL. Um, and this show is an erotic uh, drama, right? Yes. And yes, it's a yeah. dance. It's a dancing, it's a dance series, I'd say. Like, I, I call it, when I pitch it really quickly with like three words, I say it's a sexy dance series. Um, there's a lot of erotic scenes. There are many erotic scenes and the sex scenes are explicit. Of course, it's all simulated. It's not pornography, but we get very explicit uh, yeah. in the scenes. And even and was, the, the trailer that uh, everyone can watch and we will oh, put yeah. the link in the show notes is uh, is very explicit for a trailer. And actually, let's yeah. uh, let's have a listen to it. <laughs> Even closer. Can you hear the sex? <laughs> I'm, I don't think no. so. I don't think so. You, you hear music over the sex scenes, right? Yes. I think. Yeah. But did you do a lot of sound design of sex? Actually, this is funny. So in the first episode, um, people are, are voices are heard off screen and it, it, 
it's like, you know, giggling and then it turns to sex and it turns to like groaning and moaning. And my assistant director asked me weeks before we started shooting. She's like, who do you want to do the voice? And as a joke, I was like, oh, I'll just do it. You know, I'll just I'm on set. I'll just do it. And then the day before <laughs> the day before we were shooting that scene, um, I looked at the call sheet and my name was actually there as the as the groaner. So uh, it's <laughs> the so the audience will hear me <laughs> moaning in the first. In the first episode. Okay, that's a little cameo. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was more thinking like... Uncredited. Uh, 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 oh, too, too bad. Uh, um, uh, I was more thinking like a, a, a sound effects of, you know, like weight or friction sounds, but... Uh, uh, I, oh, okay. um, so no, to, to go back to, to, to how you ended up there. So so you have this uh, uh, web series, but you, you studied for writing. You actually uh, uh, see yourself more as a writer or maybe a director. So that's one of the uh, first question. And then how did you end up directing uh, erotic sexy dance uh, series for <laughs> TV now? Um, okay. So to your first question, I, I used to see myself more as a writer and um, I just got really lucky that, um, that producers have trusted me to direct. Um, so a producer saw pity fuck She liked it. She liked me. We had a great meeting. And then uh, about a year or a year and a half later, um, she was producing um, a teen soap opera. And she hired me to direct uh, four episodes of this teen soap opera. And it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. And then fast forward a year later, and the producer of Even Closer Hout Na asked this other producer if she knew any female directors. And so I was recommended for uh, this sexy dance series um, because uh, I'm female, because uh, I um, have a web series called Pity Fuck, probably, uh, in which sex is discussed, frankly. Um, it is a dramedy pity fuck. So that was a big change for me to go to serious drama which is what uh, Even Closer is. Um, but yeah, I was recommended um, for the job and everything worked out. The stars aligned. So just to be clear, like uh, your web series and this show are all in German. So you are completely fluent in German. For, for you, directing in German is not, is not that different than directing in English or, or how do you see a difference for you for that? I mean, the difference is I have to rely more often on um, script continuity and on my um, assistant director. Um, there are sometimes, it was very rare that I, that I didn't understand something from the script. Um, and when it was, so it was basically like, what, what would be the emphasis in the sentence? That's, that's what, um, where my German, um, like the boundaries of my German um, knowledge. But yes, I'm, I'm fluent in the language. It's not perfect. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it was a challenge, but wasn't so much harder, I think, than directing in my um, mother tongue. So of course my German is way uh, worse th than yours. Uh, uh, but when I once directed a scene in German, I felt on set it was okay. But on in editing, I was completely lost. Like, like I could not choose a, a, a take for another. 
Um, ah. like, like it was it, it was very tricky and and I mean uh, thankfully my my uh, editor was was a German uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but like like it, it's funny because I I gained like almost a little too confident on set I was like oh, okay I can do that and then being completely lost looking watching at the at the footage I'm like well okay I. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so it, that's funny. No, this. I mean, sometimes I was. Sometimes the actors. Um, they were all young actors, and um, a lot of times I felt like they were speaking very quickly, and that's where I would have to ask my script supervisor, um, "Is does that feel normal to you?" Or and then even in the edit room, and sometimes some of the takes, it was difficult to choose a take, but. Um, there was a take where the emotion was correct, but I wasn't sure if um, they could be understood because I didn't understand them. But a lot of times the editor was like, don't worry about it. It is, yes, any German would understand that and no problem. So yes, we, we're being helped from all, from all sides. So German the speaking. show is set in Hamburg, right? Yes. Uh, can, you, can you pitch the, the story quickly? Sure. Um, Even Closer follows a group of friends who are also roommates, um, and they all study at the Hamburg Stage School for Musical Theater. So um, the series is mostly about uh, their fighting for their dreams, um, but all the while they're trying not to get too distracted by love and lust. Um, for me, um, it was really about being on the cusp of adulthood, Um, they play students ranging from like early 20s to mid 20s. And for me, that's how I would look at it is that they're they're taking stock. They're seeing what's important to them, uh, what their values are before entering a professional life in musical theater. Um, they're seeing for themselves what they're willing to fight for and how hard they're willing to fight for it. Um, and of course, uh, all of that, plus naturally and aesthetically erotic sex scenes. <laughs> Great. So, so um, it 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 fits into the um, in a way RTL tone of a bit of like uh, uh, dance TV reality teenage uh, style, a bit like a like neon uh, 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 type of of show. Um, but but with this added element, which is quite surprising in the German landscape of having that much nudity and and sex scenes. Uh, how did this project got uh, got made? Why and and then. Uh, uh, what process did you go through as the, as the director for Ayer on, on this project? Mm -hmm. uh, those are, that's a big question. Um, I think part of the series, partially, the series got made because of this, uh, because of the erotic sex scenes. That was so important for the producer and also for the commissioning editor at TV Now. Um, she was a huge fan of the story, um, which by the way, they're, they're e-books. They come from Uh, ebooks and so it was IP but it was so important for the commissioning editor and the producer that we keep this explicit sex they would always push as far as possible um, for what the audience will see um, and it wasn't about just showing uh, genitalia and showing breasts and showing explicit sex it was about depicting sex in an erotic and in a frank way and specifically specifically from the female perspective thinking that it was for a female audience and it, as i understood it uh, when i read up on it it's also it's also about this uh, this kind of connection that uh, dance and sex kind of has that kind of uh, right 
Yes, the producer liked to say um, uh, dancing is like sex just with clothes or just with clothes on. I like to say that dance is foreplay. Because it has like uh, longer uh, sex sequences and dance sequences, that is also the reason why uh, TV Now kind of was chosen as a platform as compared to like, uh, um, let's say, terrestrial normal RTL. These are questions that should be directed to the producer. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. This stuff wasn't discussed with me, okay. but um, I imagine the audience, it's, a, it's, it's for a younger female audience. It's for late teens um, for them to see. And as I mentioned before, to see sex depicted, frankly, um, also aesthetically, but it's also for them to be comfortable with sex and in the end to be comfortable about their bodies and to say what they want sexually um and as we all know a lot of younger people these days watch streaming services and so i can only imagine that that's probably why it's it was thought for tv now and not not for a terrestrial television so can you tell us about the the process like uh, at what stage did you arrive in the process uh, uh, uh how long before production uh, uh what kind of uh, input or, or not did you have on the on the content on the scripts and uh, uh what kind of uh, preparation work and uh, did you did you do Oh I actually had to I went to my calendar before because I had a feeling you were going to ask this so we started shooting um early October, 2020. And I, I think I was approved to be director the third week of August. So it wasn't a lot of prep time. Um, I had received, for the most part, I received the first drafts of the scripts. Um, I think in the end, a lot of it was prepared quickly because we were trying to avoid the second wave of COVID. Um, and we made it in just under. Our last shooting day was the the first day of the second lockdown, lockdown light. Um, so we were successful uh, in that way. So it was, um, there wasn't a lot of time to prep. Um, I was able to give my notes on the scripts, but I had in no way the ability to say yes or no. Um, I gave my opinion. Um, also with the caveat, hey, I'm a, I'm a dramaturg. Um, uh, It, there were some things that I didn't think um, or when I was confused, I was honest or when I um, when I felt um, that something should be um, verbalized, I would give my notes on that specifically. Um, um, yeah, the, the writers listened to me. Um, we had a lot of discussions But yeah, it wasn't changed for me, let's say. Um, I was able to, to give some, some suggestions also on jokes because that's usually, that's, that's my area of expertise is comedy. And so I did sometimes try to, to add a little more light, lightness uh, to the scenes um, and that is appreciated. Um, But, um, yeah. And then, so what, so I read the first, uh, drafts, the second drafts, um, and then we had a regie façon, which was, which literally means director's, um, version. Um, and then we had a shooting version and it's just like, but tiny tweaks, 
um, for the most part. There wasn't like huge changes. It was. Um, What about the casting? Uh, uh, were they already cast? Like, did you did you have the time to 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 like do the casting? I was involved with some of the casting. Um, the the main main role, so the two leads. Um, Or yeah, like oh God, there were there were like six leads in the end. Uh, it's an ensemble show, um, and I think three, four were already cast by the time I arrived. And so I did sit in for um, two lead roles, um, and I gave my opinion. But again, it's it's the producer's baby, um, and it's her vision. And I gave my opinion, and um, she appreciated it, of course, and she trusted my. Uh, what I had to say, but in the end, it's the producer's decision and the commissioning editors. So let's go to the the big topic. Like, how did you approach these dance slash sex uh, scenes? Uh, uh, how plan is it? What was on the page? Uh, and and how um, how much flexibility or interpretation uh, uh, did you and the cast uh, have uh, from the page to these uh, uh, scenes, which are mostly i guess non-verbal and with with a lot of you know movement touch uh, glares and uh, like intentions so so how do you deal with that how do you how do you create story uh, um storytelling in in those like uh, uh, silent uh, sexy moments uh, um yeah tell us how you approach a scene like that okay um let's start with the dance scenes um because for me actually they were more nerve-wracking um just because we were shooting with two cameras Um, there was a lot more space for the actors and for the camera moves. Uh, the actors were moving more than they would, obviously, than in a sex scene. And um, it was, everything had to be choreographed, like literally uh, the actors, but then also the camera. And uh, I did a lot of prep beforehand. I watched a lot of dance shows, dance movies, uh, which was fun, obviously. Um But I also worked with a choreographer and we had a fantastic choreographer. Um, she, she would, she, I mean, this is how it went down. She read the script. Um, I chose the song that would go with the dance. Um, I would be clear what needs to happen in the dance. Um, and she would show me what she came up with. Um, and then she would work the actors, uh, to, to make it happen. Um, because some of the actors are not actually professional dancers. Um, but she worked with them. It was like a full-time job for her. Um, it wasn't, it didn't stop at choreography. It was really like training and, and going through it with them and then being on set for the final, uh, for while we were shooting. Um, Yeah. And then if, if in the um, rehearsal, I felt like there wasn't enough of something in the dance, then she would get back on it. There were some uh, plot points that did need to be expressed through dance, not just emotional stuff or um, I'm trying to think I can't be too specific. I don't want to give anything away, but I um, guess like usually in dance movies, there's always like, Oh, she dance poorly or she dance much better than usual uh, yeah. which is always difficult to this like yeah. this specific point in the song yeah and then um and then it's also about auditions and um move you know like being the star of the of the musical theater school and um yeah so that was that was the dance aspect that was um 
And you just asked about prep, right? Or do you want to talk about how we shot it as well? No, no, go, go. Yeah, you can talk about how, how it was shot. Um, that was that was also super, super, super fun. I um, I loved it. I was like, I was dancing on set. We were, we were. <laughs> it was like the music, and um, unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of time. Uh, for the show, it was Ufa serial drama, and um, we were shooting around 10 minutes of screen time a day, which is an insane tempo. Um, and so we were very lucky that um, we had enough footage sometimes. <laughs> but it was important for me um, to, to squeeze in as much as possible of the dance sequences. Um, the DOP was fantastic. He's done dance series before he he was he's a he was a master um he knew what to get um and where to go close where to move around um yeah it was um he himself was part of the the choreography sometimes it looked like from our from our perspective on set yeah <laughs> so and about the sex the sex what everyone wants to hear about um we worked with an intimacy coordinator uh she comes from the uh the feminist porn world and what we did, did so, sorry did was, you did you invite her or was it already she was already planned by the production she, she was already planned by the production um the producer actually worked with her beforehand to make a trailer for the show um and this trailer was what sold it basically to show how far we were going to go how explicit um and how we tell the story through Um, partially through the sex scenes, like how each character um, has sex, basically. Or two examples were, were shown in the trailer. Um, and the intimacy coordinators, she was used for that. And she was, yeah, she she was, it was very important that she be on the show from the very beginning. Um, so I, and luckily I got along, I got along with her very well. Um, we went through every sex scene, every scene there was nudity, every scene that had a kiss in it. Um, it was, it was always very, very important that everything was discussed beforehand with the actors, which I think is right. Um, and so specifically for the sex scenes, we would go through um, and I would express what I would like to see, not um, nudity wise or sexualized, but what I want to see from the characters, like what, um, what their arc should be, even within these short scenes. Um, she would then go and work with the actors alone. She knew what they were comfortable with. She knew what their no goes were. She was very aware of, um, she was sort of not the middleman, um, but she knew what the producer wanted and then she knew what the actors wanted. And so she would sometimes have to find a, um, a middle ground. Um, so I'm very interested in, in this distinction because I, I completely uh, uh, understand the need for that on production, for that everyone feels safe and the actors feel uh, uh, respected and that it's been planned and there's no surprise and everyone feels comfortable. So I understand that this aspect of the, the job of the Uh, um, intimacy coordinator, but I'm more. I would be interested for, for you to talk more about like how you plan the sex scene because you know with a choreographer, of course, uh, uh, you you know most people don't know dance and choreography, but on the other end, almost everyone uh, knows sex, have sex. So so what does a, 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 
uh, intimacy coordinator brings to you, the director, that you could not imagine yourself? Or, or why was it important in the prep? Because I understand the, the production part, of course, it makes a lot of sense, uh, uh, especially in the post-MeToo world and all that. I mean, like, it's crazy that we didn't think of that before. Uh, but, um, but like, yeah, what, about the planning, about the imagination, about the choreography of sex, like, like why, why is she adding something to your vision in the script? That's a good question. Um, sure, we, we all know sex, or most of us know sex. But when we're doing it, I mean, we're not like two, we're not two people. We're in it. We don't see it from another way. I mean, we could have mirrors, you know, no judgments. Um, some people do that, but you're, you're so blinded by lust or love or whatever that I can imagine you're not really seeing yourself. You're not seeing sex um, when you're in it. Um, it's, But it's not just about um, expressing something. It's also um, sharing, not the responsibility, but it's, um, it's, it's, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's tough directing sex scenes. It's not an easy thing. Um, and you don't want to throw the actors out of it. That is the worst thing you can do is to like, is tell them like, um, you know, just, just to say like crass words or, um, and then adding into it, German isn't my mother tongue. And I'm just like, <laughs> like throwing these words out there. But um, the intimacy coordinator is sort of like a, not a translator, but she, and I don't, this is the first time that I worked with one. So I don't know what it's like in other sets, but for me, it was, she was the person I would go to when I wanted something else in the sex scene, or I would go to her and ask, I would like to see that again and this time this way. And she was sort of the one to go and know what language to use, to know what they would be comfortable with um, and to not. And she, because I think a lot of actors feel um, possibly obligated to do whatever the director wants. And I never wanted to put them in a position where they felt they had to do it because I wanted it. Um, luckily the actors were, were wonderful and open and they trusted me and I trusted them. Um, but I can imagine in other situations, possibly it could be more difficult. Um, and they are so emotionally raw sometimes for these scenes because they, um, they work on them so hard. And if you're adding into it nudity where they're completely vulnerable, um, having this intimacy coordinator, sort of be their, their, their buddy in a way. I felt like that's, that's, she was very helpful for me because she was the one on their side always. Um, and I, I think, does that answer your question? Would that be enough or, or why? Well, because you're asking why an intimacy coordinator, right? Yeah, no, I mean, for me, this, all this makes a lot of sense. And, and, uh, and I never thought, I mean, I would never, thought of it as clearly as what you just explained, uh, 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 which makes a lot of sense. Also to avoid maybe, uh, uh, you know, bias and being blindsided. You know, of course I think of things as a man because I'm a man. And so, so like, like to, to try to make it like not to impose a vision or like, you know, male gazing or whatever, but like, like, like uh, um, but also to have everyone be safe uh, on set and not have this kind of uh, uh, authority of the director being mm -hmm. too, too strong. So this all makes a lot of sense. My question was more like, did she bring 
or original ideas about like sex acts or, or movements or or stuff that were not in the scripts or even in your imagination when you you, you were like uh, you know preparing your shots uh, but suddenly it was like oh yeah of course they could do that and and that you know she opens more possibilities that is that is that one way to to think uh, she could help <laughs> Yeah, um, because sometimes I cannot think of a specific example right now to give you, but sometimes um, we would look at what's on the page um, and I would tell her the emotion that I would want as part of this scene. Um, and then she would suggest something that's not, because a lot of the scenes weren't very specific. Obviously, we can only show like a close-up of hands so many times, right? Like we, they need, there needs to be more action and there needs to be more action while we have this close-up of a hand on a breast or a hand somewhere else. Um, and so it was, it was a, a choreography that um, because of her expertise and because of her experience, um, she knew how to suggest um certain I'd, I'd call them moves or sex acts because they would look good aesthetically because she's worked in pornography she's worked as an intimacy coordinator she knows um how it turns out on the screen in the end um and that's something that I can't that I before couldn't attest to I couldn't say that I knew exactly what this is going to look like in the edit room um because I didn't have that experience so for me it was helpful because she was the one telling me this would express this Um, and if you have the camera here, for example, then it'll look like this and we'll have a beautiful scene in the end. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A bit like stunt coordinator when you need uh, even a simple punch or a bar fight, then you still yes. need to organize it in a way that makes sense, not only for the safety of our performers, but also uh, dramaturgically, but also visually. <laughs> so, yes, so, exactly. So, yeah. Okay, yes, that, that I'm convinced, <laughs> completely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, always. Oh, I never, I, I just want an intimate coordinator on set always, no matter if there's sex scenes or not. Like, mm. that's my... Oh, in my life. Like, my you know, oh, what, what did you do life. Friday night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, we hear that, we hear that, um, that analogy a lot, that we have, we have stunt coordinators, but we don't have sex coordinators like that is um and and yeah it's a necessary thing and it makes what we're seeing on screen look real um which is the goal um for the most part <laughs> and i think it's also kind of good that you have like an expert on that on set because as you said you were shooting uh 10 minutes a day and it kind of lessens the pressure And, um, um, kind of, and because also, also you as a director, you have like so many, I don't know, fires to put out all the time. I think it's also good to have someone on the set that, uh, um, just thinks about that. For sure. It's, it, to me, it's no different than having, um, having the DP or having the director of photography. It's, it's the person, it's their expertise. I trust them to do it. I work with them and, um, everyone works together to, to get, a wonderful um, result. So how, how do you make sure that the sex scene is not uh, uh, just there to be like, uh, you know, titillating or, 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 you know, like provocating, but, but like really moves the story and the characters uh, forward? They were all there to either move the story forward or to express um, or to portray the characters. It was very important that the sex would obviously, it wasn't just sex. It was um, how these characters have sex. 
and with whom it was who their sex partner was and and how they do it and it wasn't that's the thing it's it, the sex scenes aren't just um explicit sex scenes we tried to show how the characters um were going through life basically what they were okay with and what they wanted to to move forward or what they wanted to push or what they were in the mood for or um what suddenly um pushed them to have an intimate moment with someone uh, but yeah it's i mean it's teamwork as always it's script it's um my work as a director um making the scenes matter because i i don't want to just have um sex for sex sake it has to be more than that um and in the end it's political no matter what and so we made it political in a way that it's um which the producer said i, I like the way she said this it was for it was for women by women and i kind of like that um yeah so we, we um although the dp is male uh <laughs> i'm a female and so uh yeah, it's the female gaze we try to to get in there as much as possible. No, I think I think that's good, and I think that's a good uh, uh, maybe wake up call for the German business, which is quite uh, still very male centric. Uh, do you see like a, a posi like like do you think this is the kind of show and the kind of project that will happen more and more uh, in Germany or in Europe in general? Um, not necessarily, you know, teen sex stories, but like um, a, a more lib freedom of gaze of point of view uh, uh, about these kind of intimate topics yes i think so it's um it's a wonderful time to be a female director um <laughs> but seriously it is um yeah it's time it's uh it's time to to open open the world of sexuality on television uh, for females by females and to be honest about our own desires and about our own insecurities or um what what we want to see on television um and to drive those stories uh forward i think that's um It's important because the films are getting explicit. Films have been, TV and films have been explicit for years. Um, when I hear what played on German television, even in the 90s, I'm shocked. But um, it's, it's, it's fantastic that um, it's, it's, it's about showing sex. And as I, I mentioned this a few times, it's showing sex, frankly. Um, and it's not always violent, Um, I May Destroy You, obviously, is one of the best things to happen to television recently. Um, but I think it's also important that we see sex um, as not always traumatic. And we see sex as something beautiful um, that's enjoyable for women and that women can also show, do, direct, write um, and, and, and honest, um, in an honest way. Opening that to to not just politically, but like in terms of organization of the work, the separation. You were here a director for hire. You have your your own project as the director or the writer. But uh, um, there's there's been a quite a shift lately in Europe uh, with the inspiration from the American showrunner system, but with the problem that we don't know what a showrunner is exactly in Europe because there's no legal financial definition of it. Uh, um, but still, we're slowly moving to the writer having a bit more power in television. 
Um, how do you see this shift and, and the position and the collaboration between writer and director in TV now in the next few years in, in Europe? Um, honestly, every project's different. Um, and I, I'm still at the start of my career as a director for hire, I'd say. I've only done a couple projects. Um, and they both they were so different from each other that I can't say what direction we're going towards. Um, but from what I've seen um, or what I've heard from my writing friends and collaborators, um, I feel like it's going in the direction of showrunner as head writer. Um, there are bumps still, and I see in the future many more bumps ahead and it's going to be a fight. I feel like, but I'm a big fan of the American system, um, the American showrunner system. And I do hope that eventually this system will, 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 will happen, will be understood as um, an efficient way of series making. What, what you mean is that that uh, when you say you subscribe to the show, American showrunner system is that uh, even if it's not you, you prefer that a show has a clear man voice represented by one person. That it, it, oh, it I, thought be- said, I thought you said a clear man voice. Did you say <laughs> <man>? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the for the, the joke. <laughs> um, a, a major a principle of voice. <laughs> I think, yes, I think um, having a showrunner, executive producer, head writer, person to lead the show creates um, a strong vision for a series. And then the director um, brings his or her own ideas and own talents, own abilities. Um, But the vision is the showrunners. The vision is... uh, executive producers slash uh, head writers. Um, that's, um, I think that holds everything together cleanly. Um, it's clear where the responsibility lies and there's no, there's no question of, of um, whose idea gets made. It's clear um, which, which um, vision gets pushed through. So you mean like like even if as a director for hire that would mean in a way losing a bit more uh, agency on on the project it would make the job much nicer? I it, well nicer not necessarily it's clearer it's clear what the job what everyone's job is I think that it makes for for fun directing no it makes for clear um, when everyone knows their job um, then everyone can work together in a successful and open way. Um, and then the arguments are, there are no arguments. Um, and, and the showrunner could be also a director or what do you think? <sighs> you mean on the same project? No, 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 no. Like, a, 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 oh. a deep, you know, like a, on a project, the, the, the person who end up being the showrunner could have a, writer career or maybe comes more from directing or do you think like like showing demands having a strong writer experience well i think well i think in europe i feel like um showrunners would come from a directing background um of course they're writers um but to have that trust i think from producers and from 
the broadcasters, um, they, they should have directing experience just because, especially in Germany, the director is an auteur and has the vision. And I think, um, I don't know, I don't know how many years it's going to take for writers, um, to really gain that respect from producers and commissioning editors that they have a vision, um, And so I feel like it, it might be a faster way into the showrunner system if the showrunners come from directing and they also write. Well, uh, let's, let's uh, maybe uh, um, finish by talking about COVID. Uh, how, do you, how did you work uh, on set uh, dealing with all the COVID restriction? And, and how do you see the, the projects coming, you know, like the, the way of shooting <laughs> stuff in the next year? Um. That was <laughs> from the very beginning uh, when I was attached to this project. Um, that was my question too. How are we going to do this? Um, but the, the actors, obviously they couldn't stand two meters away from each other. Um, sex doesn't work like that. So oh, that's we, what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> yes. You have to be close to someone, Pierre. <laughs> I don't know how long your arms are, but. Um, that's not the arms, the question. <laughs> <laughs> the um the main actors live together in um a vegay so they live together they took tests and then they were living together um and they weren't allowed anywhere near anyone else uh, on set we had to keep our distance from them everyone of course makeup hair and makeup and um the costumers were wearing serious uh masks Um, and they were the only ones who were allowed to get close. Everyone on set was wearing, mat were wearing masks all the time and keeping distance. Um, and it was very difficult. It was especially difficult with extras um, because they had to keep their distance. Uh, and I'm actually very happy after sitting in the edit room, I'm very happy that you, you can't tell um, that we had these restrictions. Um, And we were very lucky because on the weekends, you can't tell the crew to stay home. Um, but everyone, everyone did their due diligence and no, they, everyone did, um, they took care of themselves and we were very lucky and no one got sick. So I was that's very, great. very happy about that. Well, that's, that's, that's a little optimistic that you, we can still have, you know, a full new series made under, under these weird times and, and conditions, uh, uh, that, that shows a lot of, uh, Um, um, optimistic. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I. Uh, no, that's But also wor like hardworking. That, that's the yeah. thing. Is in Germany, I was I was speaking to producers in um, the UK, and they were all so surprised that we were in production so early. Um, and it, it was actually uh, pretty impressive that I mean, soap operas started shooting I think in April of yeah. last year, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and so it's because people were taking care; they were listening to the. Um, to the rules and following them and um, working together. All right. Well, I think uh, this is a great conclusion for our discussion. Uh, thank you, Raquel, for being with us in the pudding. Uh, uh, we invite people to check uh, tonight for Valentine's Day, uh, your show on TV now. And well, actually, you might want to uh, uh, stay with us for some recommendation of what uh, uh, people could also watch uh, for Valentine's Day. Sure, I'd be glad to. 
And first, a little word uh, for uh, our sponsors. Uh, we want to thank uh, C21, C21media.net in London. They are home to the international entertainment community. They're an international publishing company and a digital channel business. They have like, uh, you know, like a publishing magazine. They have like an email uh, uh, shortlist with like a lot of news. They do they do Content London, the event in London in December, and they've been supporting the podcast from the start. So thank you, C21. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Pepper to Film. Pepper2Film.com is a French script platform where uh, screenwriters can put their uh, project, movie or TV or short films. Uh, it could be just a synopsis, a treatment or, or the full script. You choose who can read it. Uh, people ask for, for, for uh, authorization. Uh, it's curated, so only the best projects end up in there. Uh, it's free for writers to put there for three projects. So uh, And it uh, reaches like a lot of uh, agents and producers and uh, broadcasters. So... Uh, uh, Try it, pepper2film.com. Thanks to you. All right, and, and so there's two questions. Uh, so the first is, uh, uh, what would be the best romantic or sexy scene in a, in a series? Uh, and so I, I ask our little, uh, um, our friends uh, uh, of Shown, our association, to, to give some, uh, some little idea. So for example, for uh, um, uh, Corbinian and Berger, uh, um, it's uh, in Buffy, the moment that uh, Buffy and Angel first sleep together and then he gets his soul back. And so, so you know, like, uh, no, he loses his soul. That's the thing. And so he becomes a bad vampire. Uh, um, so that's a that's a good. Even though I, I'm oh, I'm Team Spike, I have to say uh, in Buffy, <laughs> uh, but that's a, a good example um, for Celine de Cox. Uh, uh, she she loved in Modern Family every year. Uh, you have Phil and Claire Dunphy having this Valentine's Day tradition of going to an hotel and pretending to be strangers to to have like a little sexy encounters, but it always end up uh, in terribly funny uh, uh, bad situation. Um, for Vipke Mercier, um, she recommended to watch Love and Anarchy. Uh, anarchy, love and anarchy on Netflix. Uh, you haven't watched that, do you know that, Joe? I haven't seen it yet. I watched the first two episodes, so not completely sexy for, for you. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think it's starting to get sexy. Ah. It started to get sexy, and then I, I turned to other series. Then for Samuel Jefferson, uh, uh, for his example, is the West Wing final season where finally Josh and Donna kiss. It's a bit corny, uh, Samuel, but, but, but okay. Okay, for, for uh, always, always will validate a West Wing reference. Uh, for Yana Boba, uh, the, the, the romantic scene, she's uh, when Lorelai and Luke in Gilmore Girls finally kiss. Okay, this is this is a nice one, uh, and the 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 sexy one uh, is in Jen the Virgin. I have I haven't watched the show uh, when Jen and Raphael apparently are in a pool. Uh, so right. the, the the experts would would uh, um, would that. So that's a lot of recommendation for me. Uh, uh, both romantic and sexy scenes are in Twin Peaks. I watched Twin Peaks when I was like right, like you know, I was fifteen, like like super like on teenagers, and and at the same time, there's like some very beautiful romantic teenage love and promises and like corny with with syrupy music, and it's great. And also there's like uh, uh, you know Cheryl Fan as Ash Audrey on who can tie a knot with a tongue on a, on a cherry steam. Uh, um, Stem. Stem, yeah, and that's that's a that's a scene. Um, yeah, so Twin Peaks for me is very uh, romantic slash sexy. Um, and another thing I was thinking about is I love the couple relationship in uh, the Americans. Oh, that's quite nice, actually. Yeah, uh, I think there's so little show about actual couple life. You know, like what it is to be a, a, a 
romantic couple uh, mm -hmm. in, in, and and I feel like these uh, the Americans do, do it does it in a in a beautiful way in a, of course in a theater spy but spy theater but still I I really really like it. Do you have some uh, some series some scenes that come to mind? While you're thinking I, I also have one. Yeah, I thought you were Okay, because because I only it. because before I could only think about movies to be honest and now actually what came to mind is I recommended that series in another episode uh Friday Night Lights. And what I also find amazing there, like throughout the series, what they manage to do is like they have like in the center of the series, they have this, uh, this couple, the football coach and the, and the teacher. And they manage like throughout the series to actually, I don't know, keep this relationship going really well without ever questioning it, without ever giving them any like really serious problems that they might end up in divorce or something. So I think this is kind of the emotional heart of that series and of course it also has some some here and there there are like some romantic bits well my mind's a blank um i just have how nah you know even closer how nah is in my brain like all the time now but um i did recently start and finish uh party down and it's it's not a sexy series but um the chemistry of course between lizzie kaplan and adam scott is It's just that chemistry is there and like there's little moments. Um, it's fun. It's fun to see these. I mean, it's not it's not like, you know, rocket science here, but the chemistry that ended up on screen, I thought was just well done. And um, the you you want them to come together in the end. That's uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, that I, was fun. I like that. Uh, uh, I'm just thinking also on a great sitcom that I really love, which is also not about seduction, but about being together. And it's You're the Worst. Um, oh, I love that show. Which is so funny and irre irre irreverentious, and 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 Ayakash as uh, the main lead is is really really good, and um, uh, it's yeah, it's really like how two awful people deserve one another and manage to to actually have a great romantic relationship, uh, 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 even though they are terrible people. Uh, I, I think that, that I don't know. I really really, uh, and it's very funny. Did anyone one of you say uh, uh, the end of the fucking world? I haven't watched that. Is that like, I don't know, is it a teenage, teenage uh, series with two? I don't know. I have, I've seen it. It's a long time ago that I've seen it. Like very two weird teenagers that somehow get uh, get together. I think he uh, in the beginning, he actually wants to kill her and then they end up together. And uh, yeah, it's also so, yeah. In, a, way, classic, in a weird way, it's romantic. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's cute. It's cute, teeny love in a way. So, and yes. what else to watch? Like if you talk about movies, like do you have like uh, some, some uh, uh, um, classic Valentine's Day? Uh, movies I have classic uh, movies that I I watched I used to watch whenever I went through a breakup um, and those were Annie Hall mm -hmm. and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yes and both uh, of them to me have this uh, like a real strong perspective on romance and on love and although It's in the end. They're they're about breaking up. Um, it's still there's hope in um, in love and romance. And even if it does turn out to not be the right one, it was all worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a a, a, a French movie, a French director Arnaud Desplechin, who is like one of the biggest French director. And his first movie, uh, um, Comment je me suis disputé ma vie sexuelle, uh, uh, my sex life, how I got into an argument, which is uh, uh, three hours 
movie about philosophy students uh, having breakups, uh, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's so that's, a, that's the most French thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, it's 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 amazing uh, with uh, Mathieu Amalric and uh, uh, yeah, and Audrey uh, and Emmanuel Devos. Uh, uh, yeah, they're 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 amazing. So so that's it's not uh, a great. Don't watch that as a couple, but if you are single on Valentine's Day, that's a great recommendation. Phil, you, you have oh, a list? I actually, have a, a movie-wise, I have cu a couple of recommendations, actually, because I, when, I, when I thought uh, about, about it, I mean, I, I could recommend Her, where Joaquin Phoenix is falls in love with this computer program. Uh, the sh I love The Shape of Water. I don't know if you should watch La La Land on Valentine's Day, because it also ends in a... without giving anything away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy Stupid Love, I totally like. Uh, also, yeah, I also have Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind on my list. And um, I loved when I... when I think, Pierre, we watched in the cinema together when it came out, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, yeah, I don't think we were together, but like, yeah, I I, I love this. Like, it's yeah. so just but because when we when I had to think about like amazing scenes for for Valentine's Day, amazing romantic scenes, uh, this just this uh, the last shot in the movie without giving anything away. It's so emotional, and I just had to think about that. Oh, I cried like a baby. <laughs> I, uh... I cried. Oh, I don't want to give it away either, but I cried when um when she. Uh, when the um oh, it's it's too hard to describe in a way that i won't give it away so never mind. <laughs> yeah for, for those of you out there just watch it yeah yeah it's on it's on amazon it. prime like 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 a portrait of a legion fire it's really one of the best movies of the last few years then we just gave you a lot of recommendations for a great Valentine's Day in front of your TV. Uh, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you listened on a Sunday on Valentine's Day, I don't know what it says about you, but thank you for being here. Raquel, thank you for being with us uh, uh, as a great guest in The Pudding. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, uh, see, uh, see you next time, people, with uh, our next guest. Yeah, and you find the show notes and links of what of all of what we talked about up on our website. That's www.europudding.com. And of course, in your favorite podcast app. And like us on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type Europudding, you'll find us. Leave a comment. We love this. And yes, see you soon. Bye. Bye.